so look, man, let me, let me just start off by saying this, guys. So I, I prayed for you, um, for specifically that those who are here right now in the room and those who are tuning in online right now, I prayed that God would put the people here that he wanted here uh, to, to hear this message. Um, I, I really did. And, and listen, call me crazy, call me crazy. But I actually believe the God I serve hears my prayers. And, and not only that he hears them, but that he answers my prayers. See, see I don't believe that, that God is a man that he should lie, right? That, that he's saying he's listening, but actually he's flipping and scrolling through Facebook and treating me like my wife does. Praise the Lord. But, <laughs> but, but he's catching just a few catchphrases to, to formulate a response back to me. I don't believe God is doing that one bit. I believe he's hearing my prayers and not just hearing them, but after he receives my prayers that he's dispatching the angelical hosts on my behalf. When my prayers align with his purposes. That's key, by the way, just in case you, you didn't know that. Like, that's, that's key. I think a lot of times a lot of prayers go unanswered because we're not praying with what's on heaven's focus. We're praying what's on our focus. And this is, becomes the struggle. This is where the rubber meets the road and why we don't see prayers answered because we're not praying what's on the heart of the Father. We're praying what's on, what's on our heart. And so prayers are answered and, and God sends out his angels charge over us when we align ourselves with heavenly purpose. Amen. Amen. But, but anyway, so I pray that God would send the people here who needed to, to hear this today. And let me, let me just forewarn, warn you guys scared yet? <laughs> you should be. Um, no, let me, let me forewarn you. Uh, this, this message could possibly cause some offense to try to rise up in the hearts of, of, of some people. It, it could. Um, see, here's what we have to understand. The enemy tries to bring offense because he desires division. He tries to bring offense because he de desires division. Why? Because a house divided cannot stand. And so he knows this. And because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he, he brings and tries to plant seeds of offense so that we separate from one another. And, and hear me let, me. let me be very, very clear. I am not preaching this message to offend anyone. That is never my intention to offend. I'm preaching it. Because God said it. Hear me. I'm preaching it because God said it. The, the, the truth of the matter is this. And I love you guys uh, very much. Um, I really do. But because I love you, I will share with you what God has placed on my heart for you. Um, because I love you enough to do that. To be really transparent though with you, man, I really fought with God over it. I really did. I told him how I didn't want to do it. I told him how I didn't need to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, he has the final say. He's the king and I'm the servant. And so I really do desire to be obedient to the word of the Lord when he, when he speaks something to me. Now, obviously, I don't get this right all the time. And I'm not perfect and perfectly achieving this, this goal. But I, but I desire it. I desire it. And I take the call on my life very seriously, very seriously. You know, it's funny because I have people tell me, young and old, age, age doesn't 
come play into a factor in this, but they come to me and tell me how they want to be, be preachers, right? They want to be pastors. And, and, and I guess probably they, they see the Sunday morning stage. They see some of the influence. They see the appreciation and, 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 and all those different things that comes along with, with pastoring. They also probably think I only work one day a week like a lot of you do. But hey, <laughs> praise the Lord. That just means I'm smart and you're not, if that's true. <laughs> yeah, praise God, it's not true, but okay. But they see the lights, the camera, and the action, and they think, man, I would love to do that. That looks so fun. That looks like a great time. And I'll say this, it is rewarding. It's rewarding if you're called. It, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's fun all the time. Um, but, but, but it is, is rewarding. And it's not rewarding because of the crowds. It's not rewarding because of the influence. It's, it's not rewarding because of the appreciation. Although, thank you guys for all the pastor appreciation gifts and the kind words. Love you and appreciate you as well. It, it makes us feel so special, Julie and I. All the, the awesome cards and stuff and gifts. So thank you. But that's not why it's, it's rewarding. It's rewarding because I'm fulfilling what God has called me to fulfill. And this should be this way with any of us. No matter what field we are in, whatever it is, it's still the harvest field. Hear me? It's still the harvest field. But, but no matter what we do, whatever talents God has given us, when we're using it for his kingdom, it should be rewarding because we're fulfilling what he's told us to fulfill. But when it comes to pastoring, right, one of the things that, that people don't realize is, is this. In James chapter 3, James warns the people of God. He says, not many of you should be teachers. Now, many of you should be teachers because we who teach will be, will be judged at a more strict judgment. Judged more harshly, some of them says. Some of the versions say judge more harshly, others stri more strictly. And so I say all that to say this before I preach this message. I understand what I'm into, right? I understand what I got myself into when I said yes to the call. Um, and, I, and I take it very, very seriously. And... And at times, right, some people may mistake me as fighting with God or arguing with God when we're dealing with certain things he's wanted me to preach. I wouldn't label it as fighting or arguing. I'd, I'd label it as like, eh, we're working through some things. Like we're, we're trying to figure this out, or I'm trying to figure out him more than he's trying to figure me out. But um, even though I am a mystery. But um, they... <laughs> But listen, I, I tell you, this, this is the truth. Man, I really do love people, and that's why I'm a pastor. I love people. But one of the things that I, 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 I can fall in at times is this stinking thinking to think that, that I love people more than God loves people. And so I feel like i got to protect my people. i I, I got to, God, they're not ready for that, or, or God, uh, we're not ready to do that yet. Let's, let's wait. And so I feel like I'm, I love you more than God does. And God has to abruptly... Tell me and put me in my place. He's like, Keith, I died for them. You may have fasted for them. You may have prayed for them. You may have worshiped with them. You, you may have walked through a lot of different things with them in their life, but, but I gave my life for them. And there's no greater love than this, that a friend would lay down his life for his friend. And right after he reminds me of this, I stop working through what he's saying to me and just tell you what he's what he's saying to me. I like how one pastor put it. He said this. He said, don't hate the mailman. Hate the person sending the message. So, <laughs> yeah, don't hate me, please. But, um, 
But I really do search the heart of the Father to see, God, what, what is on your heart? What is, what is on heaven's main docket for such a time as this? And at times, the word that God gives me or a message that he gives me is, is a word like today. It's like today. And, and, and look, the reason that I know it could be difficult for some to, to hear this, um, the reason I know that is because parts of it was difficult for me to hear. Parts of it was difficult for me to receive from him. And so I'm a human just like everybody else, and so I'm sure there'll be aspects of it that will, will be tough to hear. But, but I believe, I believe this, that, that God has has a purpose today for this message. And I believe that it's going to reveal things to our hearts that perhaps we haven't seen or looked at before up to this point in time of our lives when we're dealing with the season we're walking into or we're in the midst of. So the elephant in every church room right now is the election. That's the elephant in the room. We're just gonna go right at it. I don't know how else to do things, guys. I... I just address it, we'll work through it, and God get the glory from it. Like, this is, this is just the only way I know how to deal with things. But the election is rapidly approaching. Matter of fact, Tuesday, we will all go and cast our vote for multiple different elections. There's, there's, there's a few. There's not just one. There's one what we would probably call the main one, but there's, there's plenty of other ones going on. And, and let me be clear about something. I'm not endorsing a party or a person. I, I don't have the luxury of doing that. I've, I've already endorsed a king. Like I, I, I have no ability to cast my hat or my person behind another person or a party. I don't have that luxury. I've already given my life to him. That's it. I, I can't give it to nobody else. I've given it to him. See, Jesus says this, my sheep. They hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. He doesn't say you follow this person during this season and that person during that season and, and you throw your support behind this person at that. No, no, you are a Christ follower. I am a Christ follower. I can't, I can't follow anyone else but him. I don't. But see, Scripture says this, you are in the world, but you're not of the world. You're in the world, but you're not of it. Can I be really honest with you? So I wish it just said, you're not of the world, and that was it. Because if it said that, if that scripture, if Jesus said that to me, then, man, I could throw my hands up at all this garbage. I could say all this crazy crap, I ain't dealing with it. All the fighting and the bickering and the choosing and the da-da-da-da-da. Man, I'm done with this, this right-wing, left-wing garbage. Like, I don't have feathers. They can flock together. I'm good on the wings. You can keep them. I'll eat some chicken wings, but I'm not part of a wing. You know what I mean? Like, like for real. I'm like, man, I, I would love to just, I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want nothing to do with it. I would prefer not to have to speak about any of it. But see, the Lord don't just say, you're not of the world. He says, you're in it, but you're not of it. See, the not of it part is we don't get held up in the systems of the world. The world is not allowed to show us what we believe in and, and, and what we don't like or what we do like. The world has no power or ability to pull us their way because we're not of it, but we are in it. 
And because we are in it, right, we are supposed to be here as ambassadors for his kingdom, to promote his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is our mandate as Christ followers. Now, there are many ways that we go about doing this, bringing his kingdom to earth. Many, many ways. There's not just one, many, many ways. But, but one of the ways that we do go about doing this is by voting. Because we're in America, and Americans vote by casting our, our vote. See, we have this incredible opportunity as, as Americans to say what we stand for by the way we vote. By the way we vote, by what candidates we vote for. Now look, that sounds really, really easy, right? Like that doesn't sound that difficult to do. Like, yeah, hey, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll vote for them. That kind of makes sense. So yeah, they kind of believe, yeah, 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 I'll vote for them. It sounds really, really simple, but where it becomes difficult is, is in this. There is a lot of noise and things surrounding. Every single time the elections roll around, there's a lot of noise. A ton of it, a ton of peripheral things that are trying to, to take main stage on us and get us to focus on what's supposed to be peripheral, but we make it the main thing. The world's really good at it. See, at election season, right, we have all these news cycles and all these news channels and all these Facebook ads polling and bidding for our votes. Constantly. And because of all that noise in the peripheral, sometimes it's hard for us to shut it off and keep the main thing the main thing. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, say, keep the main thing the main thing. Tell them, say, keep the main thing the main thing. See, the truth of the matter is this. Not Fox News. Not AON. Not NBC. Not ABC. Not CNBC. CBS and whatever NSS, whatever. Words can be said. <laughs> I didn't say it. I was maybe thinking it. But they cannot dictate our vote. They, they can't dictate our vote. The word of God dictates our vote. It has to. And see, listen, the world's not stupid. They're not stupid. Especially the enemy is not stupid. He's really crafty. And he knows this is the way Christians think. And so what does he do? Well, he creates a lot of mud in the water and even throws a little scripture in on the side of it too, to try to get our focus off the main thing and put it on the peripheral things. This is what he does, and he's really, really good at it. To create all this noise so that, so that man, we, we, we drown out the main things and we end up voting based off of preference and emotion instead of off of biblical direction. This is what we do. It's real easy to do. And so, look, I was praying about all this, right? I was, I was praying about it. And because I was really struggling with it, for real, preaching it, really struggling. And I was like, Lord, man, come on. I'd rather talk about you, right? Like, you are so much nicer and so much better um, than everything else we're seeing in this world right now, obviously, by design, by the way. But he took me into a vision, though right after I was, I was praying, took me into this vision. And, and it's the second vision. It's, it's the second vision that I've had in the past couple weeks, which is incredible. See, in Acts chapter two, remember last week, we, we talked about this just for a moment. 
right? It shall be in the last day, declares the Lord, right? That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, that your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and that your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Again, God's encouraging me, telling me how young I am because of my visions. But hear me, God added to it this week. My wife dreams, I'm just saying. This proves I'm younger than she is in the eyes of the Lord, and that's all that matters, right? Like, <clears throat> but it, he took me into this, into this vision. And in the vision, what God showed me was this huge, huge executive desk, right? This huge executive desk. And I knew by the Spirit that it was the executive desk of heaven. I, I knew it. And I couldn't, I couldn't see who was sitting at the desk, but rather... It was like I was seeing from the, the person sitting at the desk. And, and what I seen was, I mean, it was huge, just a huge desk. I could see the person's arms like this on the desk. To the left was a stack of papers, about yay high, about this big, right to the left. But right in the middle, there was one sheet of paper, just, just one. And I came out of the vision right then. And the Lord then took me to... Well, he actually reminded me of Ezekiel chapter 33. And, and, and we're going to read this really quickly here. Ezekiel 33, starting in verse 1. This is what it says. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, I bring the sword upon a land. And the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone hears the sound of the trumpet but does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take the warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he had, if he had taken the warning, he would have saved his own life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned. And the sword comes and takes any of them away. That person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will be upon the watchman's hand. So you, O son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning for me. This is why I take this very seriously when the Lord gives a word. See, the vision that the Lord took me into was a warning from him. It was the trumpet that he was wanting me to sound on behalf of him. And if I don't give it, then I'm going to be responsible for it. But if I give it, then it's on you. You do whatever you want to do with the word, right? Paul says it this way, sift through every word, holding on to what is good, disregarding what is bad. Everything I preach, weigh it against the word of God. Every single bit of it, every bit of it, take it to God's word. That is the ultimate authority, not my opinion, which I typically try not to give that much, right? Unless we're talking about me and my wife, then I'm the best. But other than that, I, I try to stick straight to the Bible because that's where it's safe. The Bible is truth 100%, 100% of the time. And so once I give it, you're responsible, you're responsible for it. And this is the reason that I can't be offended, or rather, I, I can't be uh, deterred by someone else getting offended by the word. I can't. Um, other people's offense cannot dictate whether I sound the trumpet on a word or not. It just can't. 
And I really believe this without a shadow of a doubt right now, what we have before us, right, is some main issues on heaven's desk that is going to appear on this ballot. Main issues of heaven. On the main docket of heaven is what we have in front of us. See, in the vision, the Lord spoke to me and told me the papers stacked to the left were peripheral issues. They were peripheral things. And I knew by the Spirit that he wasn't saying the peripheral issues weren't important. They are important. They're still on heaven's desk. It's not that they're not important. It's just going to be taken care of at a later date. This is what the Lord spoke to me. But right in the middle of the desk was one single sheet of paper. And it had on it what we are to focus on right now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says this, There is a time and a season for everything under the sun. And the things that are on the main docket, it's the time and the season to deal with it. And in the vision, the Lord was showing me right now, right in front of you, you've got to be focused on it because it's what heaven is focused on. All the other things are trying to be peripheral to pull you into them so that you miss these two major issues. And the two things, and we're going to go straight at it today, the two things that are on heaven's docket that God showed me clearly was pro-Israel and pro-life. Those two things are on heaven's main focus. Those are the two things that we have to focus, focus on. You know, Matthew chapter 23, Jesus warns us by telling us this. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the leaders in the church. And he says, listen, don't be a people. Don't be a people who choke on a gnat but swallow a camel. He's warning us. See, the camel of our day, the camel of our time that we can't afford to try to swallow is anti-Israel or pro-choice. We can't swallow them things. We can't swallow them and then choke on personality traits we do not like. Choke on an immigration policy we don't agree with. Choke on a tax plan that we may not agree with. Those things cannot be choked on in order to swallow anti-Israel and pro-choice. We don't get the luxury of voting our preference. We vote policy. That's it. That's what we are called to do as Christians. And, and right now, what's wild is, is right now in front of us, it's never been more clear who is pro-life and pro-Israel, who is anti-Israel and pro-choice. It's never been so clear in our entire lives, church. Never. I'm 40 years old. I've been in a lot of elections. It's never been this clear ever. But it's exactly what Jesus says. He says, in the end times, what was once done in secret will be done in the light. They will tell you where they stand. It'll be on you to make the decision. And this is what we see before us. Pro-life, pro-Israel, or not. And let's talk about these issues. Let's, let's talk about them. Again, we're going to go right at them. Why are we pro-Israel? Why do we vote pro-Israel? Because after all, I mean, I'm an American. That's not my nation. Why, why, would, I, why would I worry about that? It's, I'm an American. I, why would I worry about Israel? And this can be a really hard truth to swallow. 
especially as Americans, because everything is about America. I mean, they've even made the gospel about America when that's not biblically true. <laughs> that's not even biblically founded that the gospel depends upon America. <laughs> but boy, we like to think so because we've made it all about us. But the truth of the matter is this. Jesus says, salvation is for the Jew first. That's what he says. Salvation is for the Jew first. Why? Because salvation came through the Jews. Israel is God's chosen people. We can't get around it. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We got to go right at it and understand it. Israel is God's chosen people. I, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this because this, this should be very, very impactful. So God loves the Jewish nation so much that he decided to reveal himself to humanity and not just in that time, but for generations to come, to come, to come. Through what? The Jewish nation. God in the flesh was a Jewish man, fully God and fully a Jewish man. That was Jesus. The Bible says he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's one of the 12 tribes of Israel, Judah. Jesus the Christ, the Jesus, the anointed one of God, the chosen one of God came through God's chosen people, Israel, the Jewish nation. Paul, he makes this statement, right? And he's, and he's, and he's warning us as Gentiles. That's what we're, we're referred to in the Bible, Gentiles. I'm okay with that. I'll take it. At least I'm in the kingdom, baby. But this is what he says. He says this. He says, don't become arrogant in your salvation because you were grafted into the family of God. You were grafted in and you can be grafted out. Praise the Lord. Tell us how you really feel, Paul. So don't get arrogant. Don't get arrogant. Because you have been given the spirit of adoption by which you cry, Abba, Father. So in other words, he's saying this, man, respect, love, honor, cherish the Jewish nation. Don't get it twisted. It's, it's on heaven's main focus, the Jewish nation. Because what we have received from heaven is on account of them. That's what the scriptures tell us. It's on account of them. Salvation wouldn't have come at all if it wasn't for them. This is what Paul tells us. This is how important Israel is in this thing called life. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 12, what we find is God giving a blessing to Abraham for the nation of Israel. He says, I will bless those that bless you, Israel, and I will curse those who curse you. So look, if we desire to see America blessed, if we desire it, which by the way, you should, it is your country. It's my country. We live in a great country. It's not perfect, but it's a great country. And being grateful for what God has given us is really, really important. And so sure, we should desire to see America blessed. But if we desire to see our country blessed, it all depends upon our leadership blessing Israel, being for Israel. That's what it's all going to be determined on from a heaven's perspective. Because God said so. This is not a peripheral issue. Israel is not a peripheral. It is the main issue in heaven. We as a church, individually, community worship center, we give every single month 
to ministries in Israel. You know why? Because we believe this. And because we've prayed for them and because we, we give to them, I know God has blessed this church. We got two vans out there to prove it. Because we're faithful in it. Because we believe it. And to be honest with you, what God has revealed through this message to me, we're going to step our game up some because of it and our support of them. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Romans. He says this, because we have shared in the spiritual blessings of Israel, we now are indebted to the nation of Israel to minister to their material needs. That's what the Bible says. Jesus goes on in Matthew chapter 25 and he says this, truly, truly, I say to you, if any of you do, do it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it into me. Talking about the Jewish people. That's who he's directly addressing. If we take care of the nation of Israel, God will make sure that we're taken care of. He'll make sure of it. The nation of Israel is on the main docket of heaven. It's right in front of God's face right now. Right now. And see, we must vote accordingly to heavenly perspective, not earthly perspective. America as a nation will go forward as America as a nation takes care of Israel as a nation. Believe me. Pro-Israel is on the main docket, church. It's on the main docket. Number two, pro-life. Pro-life. And here's why pro-life is so important. Mark chapter 12 and Luke chapter 20, Jesus makes it very clear. God is the God of the living, not the dead. He's the God of the living, not the God of allowing babies to be killed. If we say we believe and we follow him and he's the God of the living, not the dead, how can we cast our vote for somebody who would allow that to keep taking place? How can we do that, church, and be okay with it? We cannot because of other peripheral issues that are trying to distract us at a time such as this. Do you know the entire reason Jesus came to this earth, the entire reason is revealed by Jesus in John chapter 10 in his own words. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He came to give life. It's the whole reason that he came. Now, he took care of a whole lot of peripheral things that were in heaven, on heaven's desk. He took care of a lot of them. But the main reason he came was for life. That's it. That's the main reason. And while he was here, he gave us peace, patience, joy, kindness, comfort, all these different amazing blessings. But the main reason he came was to give us life. Without life, all these peripheral things over here on heaven's desk lose its importance and its significance. Because why do I need joy and peace and all these things if I don't have life? Don't do me no good. But because I have life, oh, it's great to have all these other things. We have to be a people for life. That's it. Really, we could drop the mic right there and end it. As Christ's followers, we have to. Mark chapter 9 and Matthew chapter 18. Jesus makes this statement about the little children. He says this, whoever causes one of these little children of mine to stumble, it would be better for them that they had a great millstone fastened to their neck 
and thrown into the depths of the sea and drowned. Thank you, Jesus. Tell us how you really feel. Like, think about that. Like, not even just a millstone, a great one. Like, make sure the thing is real big when we tie it to their neck. <laughs> yep, it would be better for them. And so, this is what we've got. So, so, this is a great text to do a comparison and a contrast with. Because if Jesus felt that, felt that strongly about someone being hard on kids or misleading kids, imagine how he feels when there is murder of innocent kids. Imagine how much more firm his word would be to us. And that's, the, that's just the cold hard truth. It's, it's murder. It's got nothing to do with anything else. And the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. It's on the main docket of heaven. It's on the main docket of heaven. It's what's on the focus of the Father right now. You know, I did this Google search because I just wanted to see, right? So I, I thought, well, let me do a Google search. Let me see what's happening on the interwebs or whatever, right? And so I go on there and I, and I type in, what does the Bible say about abortion? And it was wild to me and very telling to me. Boom, pops up. The whole thing on Google's top list, the omniscient Google puts on there all these false narratives and false articles about how the Bible declares that life only begins when they take their first breath and all this other garbage. But because of that, it reveals the enemy's hand, though. It reveals his hand. See, the enemy is trying to distract from it with all these other things because he knows it's heaven's focus. And we've got to realize that and say, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm not going to get bogged down in all that. I'm not. I'm not. Here's what I got. Pro-Israel. Pro-life, that's me. All the other stuff, eh, I don't like it. But that's where I gotta be. See, the word of God says this, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I called you by name. Before the foundations of the world was formed, I created you to do good works. Exodus chapter 23 says it this way, don't kill the innocent and the righteous, for I will not acquit the guilty. Hmm. Proverbs 31, speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Our vote speaks. And not only does it speak here, but it speaks there. It speaks in the heavens. How we vote matters. And we got to vote according to the word of God. And what's on the heart of God. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the bread of life. Come down for heaven. God is for life. No ifs, ands. But about it. No way to go around it, guys. And I really believe without a shadow of a doubt right now, we are faced with a very small window of opportunity in our country's history and where our country is going to head in generations coming. We got this small window of opportunity to see all of abortion rights overturned. I believe it. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. I believe it. We've got that window, church. And our vote matters in it. These are the things that we've got to focus on. We have to focus on. This is the message. This is the message that the Lord wanted me to sound the trumpet on. To issue the warning, whether we take it or not, that's on us. That'll be between us and God, but not on me. Thank you, Jesus. You know, one of the things I, I hear all the time in Christian circles, and, and even, even for myself, I've, I've even prayed and thought this too. Like, 
how do I, how do we fit our Christianity into politics? How do we do it? That's the wrong question that I've been asking. The Lord's like, that's, that's the wrong question, Keith. The right question is this. How can you make your Christianity revealed through your vote? Not how do I fit my Christianity into the vote, but rather how can I reveal it through how I vote? And the only way that we can go about doing this is to know what's on the heart of the Father, what God is seeing right now from the heavens, and what he is paying attention to now more than anything else that is happening on this earth. Pro-Israel and pro-life, I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's a word from the Lord. I promise you. See, what we see right now in the news cycles and all this is it's only talking about personality traits and preferences. Everything is that right now. Everything. Arrogant, prideful, kind, gentle, yada, yada, nice guy, mean guy, bad guy, all this stuff. That's all we're hearing right now. Why? Because it's trying to muddy the water. Does God like prideful and arrogance? Absolutely not. No. No. No, he doesn't. But I'm telling you, man, what we've got to ask ourselves is, which individual aligns with heaven's policies more than our preferences and the way we like people to act? See, if, if, if we are wanting to vote policy and personality, if we say, man, well, when someone looks like Christ and acts like Christ and talks like Christ and loves like Christ and does the things that Christ does, that's the person I'm going to vote for. Guess what? You're never going to find that here. When that happens, it's because he came back for his millennial reign. Jesus is here. And guess what? Your vote ain't going to matter. Whether you like him or you dislike him, it ain't going to matter. Your knee going to bend. Because it will no longer be a democracy. It will be a monarchy then. You'll lose all right to vote. All right to anything. You'll just do what you're told and move on. Amen. Because you chose him. Now he'll be the, obviously the most loving king we've ever met. But it will no longer matter our preferences. Just like it cannot matter now. It has to matter policy, church. It has to. The vote we give on Tuesday has to be for the candidates that are pro-Israel and pro-life. We don't have to look any further. But, but hear me, hear me. I would be remiss if I didn't say this. We are voters, not supporters. This is why we don't got to worry about the personality. We're not a supporter. I'm not a follower. I'm a voter, but I'm not a follower. I've already sworn my allegiance to one, to a rock that is higher than I. I've already sworn my allegiance to him, but yet I got to vote according to how he sees things. But this is why I don't worry about personality. I only worry about policy. I'm not following them. I'm not looking for a savior. I have one. I have one. But I need someone who's going to stand in there and, and come about bringing these other policies into play. Pro-Israel, pro-life. So this is, how we, this is how we vote. We have to know what's on heaven's docket so that we don't get sucked into the issues that the world is telling us we need to be sucked into. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Man, their issues are not always our issues. We're only concerned about what's on the heart of God. That's it, because that's what we're responsible for. We cannot afford to swallow anti-Israel and 
pro-choice. We can't. We can't. And choke on all these other things, all these other issues. There are main issues ahead of us, church. Let's not get distracted by all the other things the enemy's throwing at us. Okay, I see that. That's okay. I don't got to like it. I got to be all for it. But what I am for, pro-Israel and pro-life. Come on, stand to our feet. And, and let me be very, very clear. Let me be very, very clear. This message had nothing to do with someone who may have, you know, uh, fell victim to an abortion. That's, that's not what this message is about. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are made brand new. So it's got nothing to do with that. All the women that I've dealt with that have, have, have had this happen to them, Every single one that I've ever met with and dealt with were victims to the system that is pushing this travesty. They were all victims to the system. And so this has nothing to do with that to the victims, nothing. It has everything to do with what we do with our vote. From this point forward, every single time we got to go into election, we look for pro, pro-Israel and pro-life and then say, God, guide us from there. Help us to understand from there. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you reveal your heart to us. Lord, I thank you your word is like a seed being planted on fertile soil right now. And Lord, I pray right now that you would strengthen us to do the things that you've called us to do. I pray that no matter our preferences. Lord, I pray right now for the wisdom and revelation to come upon us. That we would have eyes to see what heaven is seeing. That we'd have ears to hear what the Father is saying. During every season, not just this season, but every season, God. And Lord, I bind any offense that's trying to come in this place. I bind it. And I lose your peace and your unity here. I lose that that we thank you for it and Lord we pray right now for our nation as a whole God if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray repent and turn from their wicked ways I would heal their land Lord we pray for them we repent on behalf of ourselves and them God we speak healing over our land unity in the midst of our land we pray for the leaders in our land. Give them, give them wisdom, God. Give them wisdom, protection. Reveal to them that we've got to be pro-Israel. We've got to be for your people. We've got to take care of them. That we've got to fight for life, Lord. Reveal that. Lord, I thank you for all your people, God. Thank you for their heart. I thank you for their decision to follow you. Now help us follow you even closer than ever before ever before let your peace and comfort reign in our hearts today in Jesus mighty name Amen